Good evening. I am Queen Love, the self-love guru, and I coach newly health-conscious women to find self-love. Together, we will remove the F in fear, and I'll be the ear who intuitively listens and empowers you to destroy perceived limits so you can live your best life. Love and light. Welcome to another episode of Hanging Out with Love. Today, I have Ami present here. She is from Los Angeles, California. She's a recording artist, songwriter. She's a student at Bennett and she's studying business administration and she is also my business partner. We have a few things that are coming in the works, specifically April 2019. We will not speak on it this evening, but please be looking forward to what we have in store. So we're going to jump right on in. Ami, is there anything you would like to say before we begin? Um, just thank you for having me. I'm very excited for this process. Awesome. I appreciate you for agreeing to come on the show. Anytime. So why did you decide to move from Cali all the way to North Carolina and study at Bennett College? You know, love, I get that question all the time. And it's just Bennett was similar to my first choice, which is Spelman College. I will be attending Spelman College in the spring. Whoop, whoop. And um, my mom kept on hearing a lot about Bennett. And it just seemed like a place for now. Right. Okay. So it was kind of like, it's not my first choice, but if I were to pick a second choice, I would be there. It would do. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Okay. Name something that your childhood taught you about life that you are thankful for. Um, My childhood taught me a lot of things, but the most specific thing that it's taught me is never settle. And my parents put up this upbringing for me that in life, I would not have less than what I was brought up with. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as, like, relationships, people that hang around me, if they're not what I saw as a child or it doesn't come close to it, then I can't be around it. Right. Okay. And you feel like they set the bar high for you? Very high. Very high. Yeah. Okay. In some ways, low as well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so tell me about your childhood. Well, my childhood was, it wasn't bad, but it could have been better. Um, I do have a lot of memories of domestic violence between my parents, um, verbal abuse, and just when I think about it, it's kind of sad because I remember the bad things and not most of the good things. Right. And you feel like, well, do you feel like your parents prepared you as a result of what they were experiencing on the domestic violence side, do you think that they prepared you to not go into a situation like that? No, they really didn't speak on it. I had to learn that by myself. And I ended up almost getting into something like that, but I blocked it, you know, so they didn't teach me on stuff like that. I had to learn most of that stuff myself. What happened with that experience that you had to kind of block out? He, um was verbally abusive, called me on my name, yelling at me, screaming at me, and, um, yeah, I had to get rid of that really quickly. Why? <laughs> get rid of that before I end up in, um, Boot his ass. in jail. You know? Okay, okay. No, I, I totally understand that. I feel like all of us, at some point or another, have been through an abusive relationship right, of right, some right. sort. Um, I know I've been in a in a 
verbally abusive relationship and I feel like that was worse than anybody you know like putting their hands on me right you know um because it's just a different type of abuse Mm -hmm. and it like it tries to break you down from the core Mm -hmm. so what kind of things have you carried with you from your childhood I know you mentioned a little bit about watching them go through that and so sort of now you know what red flags to look for so what kind of things have you taken with you that you're like, okay, I can this smell is... bullshit from a mile away. Mm. I really can. But it's like hard to detect it because sometimes it can be my uh, views on people, just judgmental views, but then the person can be good and then the person can be bad. So it can be a good thing and a bad thing. Right. Yeah. Do you feel like you've ever sort of overcompensated? Like you felt oh, like yeah. that? Yeah, I always yeah. do that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, nah, I don't know about this one. I don't know. I just, I don't be knowing. I know, but then I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a sense, like, hmm, he could be a good person, but he can be. And then this friend could be a fr- good friend, but then she might not be. You know, you never know. Yeah. How does that affect your relationships? Like, let's say, okay, you meet a person, and they seem really friendly. They want to be your friend. Do you give them a chance? or? Of course, yeah. Yeah. I'm not like walls up. Like no, I give them a chance, and like when people show you who they are, you have to believe them. So, mm-hmm. and that's when you're like, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Either you showed me in a good way or a bad way, and if you did in a good way, I'm like, okay, yeah, she here for real. And then if you did in a bad way, okay, yeah, he gone for real. Right. Yeah. And that's interesting when you say that it's a good way. You're like, okay, she. But then if it's a bad way, you say he. he. And by default, I think a lot of us, because I even have that same sort of mentality, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that women will really do me wrong mm-hmm. or, you know, but that's not the case. Right. And then not every man that you meet has malicious intent towards you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like some of that for me, it just came from society as a whole. It did come from my parents as well. I didn't really see like any physical violence amongst them. But that doesn't mean it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I just know that there were a lot of arguments, you know. And it does shape how you go into your relationships and things like that. Like, obviously, my parents were together, too, and they were married. Mm -hmm. So it was like, okay, my mom and dad are together. So, like, that's what I want for myself, too. Yeah. But outside of that, is it going to be emotionally healthy? Am I going to be happy? You know what I mean? So it sets the bar high for you to want to be with a person and kind of stick situations out. But then, like, you got to look at that emotional side. It's kind of like you building up from scratch. You know what I mean? Because you don't know what that healthy relationship is supposed to look like. like like Yeah. Yeah. So um, what emotions do you express through song? Um... My songs are mostly about love. It's just so crazy because I've never been in love. <laughs> so people are like, how do you come up with this stuff? I'm like, I've seen it or I want it. It's something. Like, mm-hmm. I'm singing about this because I want it. Or I'm singing about this pain because I've seen it through other people. So like, it's it's kind of weird because I've never been in love with anyone other than my family, friends, you know, God. But as far as, like, a man, never. Mm-hmm. I might have been in lust before, but never in love. Mm-hmm. But all my songs are about love. Wow. So behind that love, what kind of emotions are there? Is it like pain, 
resentment, regret, abandonment, um, happiness. Um, yeah, around that era. That's really, really broad. It is. I mean, and that's a good thing, you know, because there are there's some artists. They're not really multifaceted. It's more like they kind of have one genre. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of music. And you can't always flow with that. Yeah. It's like, you got to have mad, damn, sad, have something new. happy. Yeah. You know how Mary, she just like, I'm the pain. And then I, I really. Right. Mary, like she's Mary. Yeah. That's her thing. That's her, she speaks yeah, about pain. pain. Keisha Cole. She speaks about pain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cardi B, she hype. She always, yeah, you know, hype, like, yeah. it's always some sort of, like, dancing, you know, that passion type mm-hmm. of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so people, they kind of stay within that. But when you can talk about love and look at it from all sides, like the happiness, you know, that honeymoon phase, mm-hmm. you can look at the gritty, like, okay, he lost his job. I was here for him. Yes. And then like a relationship ending, you know, some anger or resentment that you have within the relationship. Right. That's talent. Thank you. You know, you're welcome. So, <laughs> tell me about your relationship with music and how did you develop? Like, where did music come from? Oh my gosh! From? Okay, so <laughs> my relationship with music, like I stated, is like it's like it was like a friend to me. Like I could talk to it; it can talk back. Like when people be like, "Music was my first love," they don't be joking. Like that shit is really real. So it was like an outlet. It was a friend. It was a concubine. No, I'm it was everything to me, like, and it still is. And um, what was the next question you asked? Like, uh, how did it get started? Like, okay, you... so I've always been a writer. I've always been a songwriter. Mm-hmm. I just never knew I was writing songs. So I would write poems. And my great grandmother used to tell me, like, last last year when I went to visit for uh, Thanksgiving, she was like, you used to write these sad songs. And he was a little girl. I'm like, for real? She was like, yeah, he's like four, making up stuff. And they used to always be sad. And I was like, you for real? She was like, yes. I was like, that's crazy. So I started writing poems. And I started feeling it, like, hmm. And I just started singing, like, okay, this could be a song. And then one time I was in uh, bio class in high school. And me and my friends, white guy, Austin, we was just like, you know, jabbing up. He wanted to be a rapper. He's like, he looked like Mac Miller. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be a rapper. I was like, I'm, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. He's like, okay, write something. I was like, oh no, I write no song, fool. And then we just joking. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay, I wrote my first song. And it's called, um, I Just Want Him Back. Girl, I was singing that like it was on the radio before I wrote it. That's why I was like, hmm, this is crazy. And my friend was like, you didn't write that. That's how I knew I was good. Because people used to be like, you didn't write it. And I start, started believing I didn't write that. Because that, that sounded like a hit. <laughs> I'm for real. <laughs> My brother would tell me, like, every song you write is a hit. Like, you like the pen. Like, the real pen. So I'm like, yes. But it's really serious. Like, once I hear that beat, and if I'm in the Bible to beat, the beat and the song, it's going to be a hit. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless. It's going to be a hit, period. If I feel it, it's going to be a hit. I it's going to go platinum. It. Regardless. Okay. And how has your relationship with music changed from then? Because I know you're like, okay, that was my friend, you know. I could whisper to it if it was, like, something going on in my life. 
even now that you do have a few, you know, people that you can reach out to and talk to, Mm -hmm. has your relationship with music changed from that friend or is it still that same bond? It's still that same bond. Um, Mostly a little bit stronger because now I'm confident in it. At first, I wasn't as confident as I am now. And, um, yeah, I'm more confident in it. But I still have those times where I'm like, man, people can write just like me. People can sing just like me. Why, why me? Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah. And why you? Why do you want this dream? Like, Because God promised me it. Like, when I sleep, I see me and fans. Like, I see lights. I see a stage and a mic on the floor like you know I really be seeing stuff like that and it's just like when God promised you something as a little child you believe it and like you know you back it up by yourself regardless of what anyone else think and I just feel like I have something to share you know like I just I don't know exactly what it is yet but I know it's something and I know it's just not for me and my friends to hear and vibe to it mm-hmm. like you know this is an international thing it's not just for me, but okay, look at this song that I wrote. Y'all like it? Yeah, we like it. You can sing that when we go out or something. Like, you know, this is weird stuff like that. No, this is for the world. Right. I, I just haven't seen it yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Are there any artists that you, like, look up to? Yes. Lauren Hill, Jasmine Sullivan, Beyonce, India Irie, um, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, um... There's a lit a long list, but as far as female artists, those are some of the top. Okay. Erica Badu. Did I name yeah, I named her. Yeah. You didn't name her. Jill Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Jill Scott. Um Yeah. And why? Like what makes you look up to them? Because they're real. Their music is real, you know, and you can feel it when they sing it. Mm-hmm. And like nowadays on the radio, when you hear artists, you don't know who the hell they are. Because everybody sound the damn same. Mm-hmm. You put on Jill Scott, you know that's Jill Scott. Right. You put on Lauren, you know that's Lauren. You put on India, you know that's India Ari. Beyonce, you put on Beyonce, you know that's Beyonce. Even though she is, like, very, she's very, um, like, she doesn't get a lot of qualification from people. Mm-hmm. But you put on them, you're going to know who you're listening to. Like, you know? Right, because people do try to undermine Beyonce, but that girl got money. Come on. She doing it. Like, what you mean? Right. As far as entertainer, that's why I have her on my vision board, because as an entertainer rise, it's exactly what I want to be up to, or Mm -hmm. above, you know? So you can see yourself like, you want to perform. Oh, yes. Dance. Oh, yes. Wow. Yes. Fans and all. Yes. Pass the baton. Like, I feel like that's who I'm going after. You know how you have, you had Lil' Kim, then you had Nikki, then you got Beyonce, then you're going to have me. Mm-hmm. Then you got Michael, then you got Chris Brown. You know? Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like it's going to be. With the right training. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So, you want to be an artist. You want to perform. What kind of image do you want to portray? You know, like. I want to, um, I was thinking about, I'm, I'm fine with any type of clothing. Is that what you mean, my image, right? I'm fine with any type of clothing or whatever, but I was thinking about wearing all white, like, period. Like, you know how Lisa Ray wears all white? Mm-hmm. I want to be the performer that wears all white until wow. I get married. Like, I want to wear all white. 
And then when you get married, I'm gonna go into color. Like I'm gonna have like the last all white tour. If you like you wear all white, and then when they see you come out without the all white, that's when they know that you got married. Instead of it being like, yeah, that would be dope. Yeah, so you should exit that. I off. like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I want to wear all white. But I just gotta, I gotta come up with some. Uh, I need some good stylists because mm-hmm. I want to rock the hottest shit, but in all white. Because white's my favorite color. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to do, and I want my um my brown hair back with my highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I want to go white. I love that. And what pressures? Cause you're you are a virgin. Yes, and there are a lot of people. It's <laughs> not unfortunate. A lot of people, especially you know, being in college, it's like we live in a sexualized society. Mm-hmm. Very the sexualized. culture. Is like, I got to get in now, sex, sex, sex. you know, like, I got to come, I got to, mm-hmm. you know, I have to please this man, I got to please this woman, and it's very, it's not like a, a give and take sort of thing, it's more like cannibalism, you know, like, they're literally eating people alive with all the spirits and the stuff that they carry. Yeah, because it goes with you. I remember that's how we first met. Because mm-hmm. we was talking about we was talking about something else, but then it ended up to that. Like how sex travels and how different spirits you can get that spirit while you intercourse and like, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I believe that. And that's part of the reason why I haven't done it either because like you take my virginity, you go you better be here forever. Like you ain't no going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I, you have me. Like that's how I feel. Like you have a part of me, and that's so true. And I might get over it, but you will have a part of me. Like no. Mm-mm. So you want to lose your virginity when you get married? Yes. Okay. And when do you want to get married? I need to be married by at least thirty. Thirty. Yes, because I'll be done with my career. Mm-hmm. I'll have my businesses. Um, I'll have everything set. Thirty should be. 29 so 30 yeah mm-hmm. how have your friends like the people around you made you feel about being a virgin some have like you lying you ain't no virgin look at you like you know mm-hmm. but then others they're like oh, that's good like they encourage me like they always tell me you ain't missing out on shit you know mm-hmm. but um Right, because I'd be quick to say that shit. I'd be like, well, I just, I don't know what I want to do. It's so bad. But people are like, I'm so this bitch thinks she's something like, good. You don't want to. No. Trust me. I want to. I really do. But it's just like, I. Same with smoking and drinking. Like, you know, I don't smoke or drink. It's just like, they'd be like, oh, are you serious? Like, yeah. I just don't want to. It's just so weird. I don't know why. But it's so weird. That's why I want to wear all white. Because mm-hmm. since I am pure, you know, but oh yeah, it's a hard journey being a virgin. Mm-hmm. It really is hard. What do you think that you like? What is your desire mm-hmm. when it comes to you know what I mean? Sexualize. Yeah. Being sexual. Um, I feel like I want to get eaten out more mm-hmm. than anything. Like I don't want to really have sex. Like I'm scared of sex, but like. And then I want to, you know, I want to kiss, you know. So it's really like the intimacy yeah. that you're, yeah. I really don't want to, not yet, <laughs> not yet. I 
can't do that right now. I feel, and then I feel like it's gonna hurt. Mm. And I don't want the right person. Like you know, I don't know what people got. And I'm gonna have to ask you for a test. I want you to be offended. Like you know, it's a lot that comes with it with me. I'm just like, yeah, nah. Right, right. And you're really not missing out on nothing. Yeah. But I know a lot of people when they think the about, you know, just having sex, it's more like it's an intimacy thing. You just mm-hmm. want that closeness with the person. And I feel like, like for me, when I was celibate, having a male best friend, having somebody that I could call, you know, they would like hug me, you mm-hmm. know, they would support me, you know, take me out to eat, stuff like that. I was good with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't want sex anymore. Yeah. Because I had somebody that could be there for me. And that's what a lot of people are missing and they don't even realize it. Right. It's like, while you running after this man, you could be chilling with your homegirls, go out to eat with them, you know, like... It's other ways to experience that type of love and affection without having to seek it from another person or, you know, connecting with them in that type of way, which don't get me wrong. Sex is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that people, they pervert it. Yeah. They make it. And that's what I'm learning. You know. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. So, um, let's see. What makes you different from the competition? Hmm, good question. Because I'm me. Like, I, I bring me, and I have favor. That's what makes me different. Mm-hmm. Because I can I can name a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. That all doesn't matter. I got favor. Like, you know, so that's what makes me different. I have favor. So, if I'm like, okay, I need an artist to come and open up for me. I'm doing a fashion show. Why should they choose Omni? Hmm, I write my own music. I am a good live performer. I can actually sing. I'm very professional. I'm very sweet. Um, I'll get the job done. Like, good question. Why are you? Like, damn. Yeah, I mean, because when you think about I'm like, okay, what makes you different? You're like, oh, I have favor over my life. But when you go, like, let's say Diddy wanted you to come. You don't care about that. Like, <laughs> favor. <laughs> Bitch, y'all said what makes you different. That's what makes me different. You know what I mean? But, like, it's a lot of people that have favor over their lives. Yeah. Many are called. Few are chosen. chosen. You know? Yeah. And everybody understands that, but it's like... You have to know what makes you different. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Because that's going to matter. People are going to ask you that all the time. Yeah. Well, why should we choose you? You know how many people want to sing? Go to SoundCloud and YouTube. You know, watch these people's journeys. And you're going to, you're already there. Yeah. You know, I can see you fly. I can see us crossing paths, seeing each other at the airport. Why would you you go to another tour in Brazil? They want me to do this headline. Like, girl, where you about to go? Girl, I'm about to go do this convention thing. I'm like, give me the text, man. I haven't talked to you in like three weeks. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Me. She with me. Dozen. She with me. Let her through. Right. Let her through. She love with me. Come on. <laughs> Fake it. Oh my you God. gotta see it. So it's she like, I really see that for you. Like every every plan that you come up with, I'm like, you can do that. Yeah. Just do, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that wanting, that desire, that vision, part of that vision is knowing why you deserve it. 
I was actually listening to some motivational speeches today on YouTube. And the guy was talking about how, you know, like write down what you want and write down five reasons why you deserve it. Hmm. And I couldn't think of any reason why yeah, that's I deserve what I'm like, it. You know like, what I mean? What the hell? Why me? Like, you know, now so I'm thinking like, like, I need to come up with those lists. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so those thought probing questions, it really makes you think. He said, when you have a hard day, looking at that list of why you deserve that dream is going to mean the most. Right. So for me... Okay, I'm going to have my own private practice. I really want to do mental health, not only with um, like military personnel and their families, but I also want to work with recording artists mm-hmm. and because there's a lot of mental health issues going on yeah. in Hollywood. Yes. And so I feel like them having a therapist that they can go to talk out some of that stuff and then like I'll be able to travel. You know, so that's that's the dream for me. Yeah. Being able to get into that industry and speak with people like you mm-hmm. who are going to be in that industry. That's a whole nother world. It's a different type of pressure. Yeah. So they're going to need those type of professionals. And there are not too many people doing that. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my dream. But then when I look at why I deserve it, I'm like, okay, why do I deserve it? Mm-hmm. Well, I put in all these years of education. You know, I want to make sure that everybody else is good around me. Like, I want to be able to take care of my family. Yeah. I deserve it because I'm always the first to start and the last to finish. Mm -hmm. I put forth a thousand percent into things that I do. And even, I know we spoke earlier about how um, I wanted to start waking up earlier Mm -hmm. and going ahead and, you know, working out in the morning and then starting my daily morning routine because I feel like, I could be given more. Mm-hmm. And if I put more energy and more focus into what I have going on, then that's going to put me in a position to win. Right. You know, because people notice that. They notice that work ethic. I have, even with, you know, my undergrad, I remember having professors that were like, all right, well, you were on the cusp of a C or a B, but because we see that you actually care and that you've been putting in this work, mm-hmm. you have a B. You know, right. or I'll be on the cusp between a B and an A, like, and they have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to happen when you go into your profession. People are going to have the power and the clout to put you in a position to win. Mm-hmm. But when they see your work ethic and why you want it so bad, they going to give that to you because yeah. you earned it. Another reason why I feel like I deserve it is because I've been through a lot myself. And it would be liberating to see other people get free mm-hmm. and to be a part of that growth for them. And then lastly, I'm a boss, so I deserve to have money. Come on. I deserve to be able to walk into the Gucci store and be yes, like, sis. size 10, three of these, pink, black, and white. Oh, let me get that belt. Oh, is this a little keychain? Uh, yeah, I get that. How much is that? 750 All right, yeah. <laughs> Not even asking for prices. <laughs> Fuck the price. Just throw it in the bag. Oh my goodness. So being able to do that, like, that's so freeing for me. Also, I like taking care of people. I yeah. do like, I like going places and being like, oh, I got it, girl. Yeah. You good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and having friends 
that can do that back. Yeah. That's why I want everybody to win. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't want to be the only one that's eating and, you know, having my team feel like, yeah. oh, she thinks she's better, you know, yeah. or she getting money. How come she not helping me? Yeah. You know, I'm like, if that's I got why... people around me that want to win, I'm going to help you. Right. That's why I want to make this, um, this woman group too also called Boss Friends. You know how I always be calling you Boss Friends? Mm-hmm. I want it to be like an organization where all boss women get together. I want to call it Boss Friends. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah we can why, do that. That's why I always call you Boss Friend. I'm like, Boss Friend. <laughs> you do. <laughs> Makes me feel so special. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, she think I'm a mom. Small <laughs> things to a giant girl because I swear. It be, you go through a whole lot to even get to the little things that you exactly. want. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. me starting Queen Care Cosmetics was fun, mm-hmm. but it was also like, I started seeing some hating ass shit yeah, starting yeah. that oh, business. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm like, damn, when I really be out here putting what on. What is these niggas gonna try to do to me? I ain't yeah. gonna have no damn friends. Yes, I've been thinking something like, I'm not doing shit. Like, you go search up Omnipresent, you gonna see two videos of me singing. Some pictures, and y'all been just hating already. Like, imagine when I put SoundCloud. Oh, first CP. It's going to be some stuff. Exactly, exactly. And being able to cope with that, I feel like it's really tough to deal with, I guess, your day-to-day problems when you really don't have people that you can call. You know what I mean? Like, because sometimes, I mean, you got friends. Of course, I have friends. Like, I have you. Right. And um, I have some other friends, like my friend Connie. Mm-hmm. I have a friend named Charlie, you right. know, that I told you about. They're both yeah. entrepreneurs. Right. Um, Connie's a photographer. Mm-hmm. And she also, she just got her CDL. So she's like about to get on the road and be driving trucks okay. and stuff. And then um, Charlie, she has her own business where she does like virtual assisting. So she's like a virtual assistant. And then she also does, like, some event planning and stuff. Okay. So, with this event, you know, that I've been planning all day with um, the podcast, I'm like, okay, I need a location. And so, that was the first person I contacted, and she sent me a few places I could go to. Right. So, having those people in different industries that you can call is really, really important, and it helps you with those coping strategies because you're going to go through shit. Yeah. And you got to know somebody that's, you know, them been through some of the grit and the the pain mm-hmm. so that you can reach out to them. Like, yeah. you can't really talk to a friend that's not really trying to do shit about like, what you got yeah. going on because they yeah. don't understand. They don't know shit about it. You know, yeah. they haven't taken any risks. Yeah. So, with that being said, outside of music, um, what else do you do to cope with your day-to-day issues? Oof. Well, I do my affirmations. Um, those really help a lot, actually. Like, I just, like, screaming from the top of my lungs. When I'm in the shower, I just, like, Whoa. Like, you know, I just say them out loud. Like, the ones <laughs> I remember. And I told my roommate before I moved in, I said, if you hear me screaming, that's just me saying my affirmations or praying. And then um, I just recently got into the yoga class that starts at 8 in the morning. So I've been doing that. And I write. That's my coping mechanisms for right now. Hmm. Okay, so affirmations, building up like that resiliency, building up yeah. your backbone, and then Praying, writing, and writing, mm. and okay. a little yoga. And yoga, do you do that at school? Yeah, I do that at school. Is that a class? I do it at home sometimes too. It's a class. Oh wow! So you get it's credit for PE, it. Yeah. You know what's fucked up at Meredith? They had yoga. Mm-hmm. When I say every semester, that shit was full. Mm. 
Like, it gets gone so fast. People be on the waiting list. Yeah. it's It was hard to get in there. And yoga. it's really good. Like, whew, I feel so good after I'm done. Right. My favorite part is when we lay back. Mm-hmm. And she all talking all calm. And then you fall asleep? Yep. Yeah. There you know. Yeah, I do. Because I fell asleep. I remember I did do um this mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It was called mindfulness training. And so... <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've been moving this whole time, trying to crack my elbows. If y'all hear stuff in the background, just ignore me. I'm also an you actress, always too. always do something do silly. Some... It never fails. Oh, my God. And we're like, yes, yeah, something wrong with it. What was I talking about? Mindfulness. About the, uh, okay. the yoga class. So, I took this class called Mindfulness Integration. It was called Mind-Body Integration. Okay. And so, we did this thing called Mindfulness Training where we would just, you know, deep breathe. I do practice deep breathing. We would relax. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the end of our stretches and everything, she would have us lay on our backs. And I would fall asleep every fucking time. Like, <laughs> I don't want to say this. Why? Because, you know, remember, Madea, she was like, she told me the only thing I'd be good for is laying on my back. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. You're so fucking childish. <laughs> but, um, you talking about the mindfulness thing. Yes. So, I would be laying on my back. <laughs> You stupid. I would be laying on my back mm-hmm. and just relax, like so relaxed to the point I would fall asleep every time. Right. And she would always be like, it's okay, you know, but she still wake me up. Yeah. One day I fell asleep twice. Yeah. <laughs> she woke me up and I went right back to sleep. I can't. Because it be feeling so good. It like, does. It was yeah. like really relaxed. Like how you, how you telling me like, I need to like. Have some meditation time. That's the best meditation time. Like, especially in the morning, too. Because mm-hmm. I'll be already, like, you know, i still be tired, but i still be having to do what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So that, that yoga class really helps. Right. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's really important. I need to get into something like that. Yeah. I know I have a, um, a membership at the YMCA, mm-hmm. and they have yoga classes. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know how that transfers, like, you know. My membership technically is based in Greensboro. Okay. So since I live in Raleigh, I don't really know, like, okay, would I be able to use it there or if I would have to pay a different type of fee, you know? Right. So I'm going to find out and look into that. But okay. I'm definitely excited about, you know, being able to work out every morning. I want to wake up at 5. Yeah. Put on my workout clothes, go for a run or a jog or whatever, come back, take a shower, you know, make sure I make my smoothie, make my hot tea. I do that every day. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. Hot tea and a smoothie. In the morning. My favorite, though, is because I know you made us one. It was real good, but it was sweet as hell. <laughs> I put banana and I do like the frozen mixed berries from Walmart. That's what we had today. Yeah. Yes. It was so good. It smelled good. What was in that smoothie that you made? So I put pineapples, coconut milk, white chocolate, strawberries, and um, a little almond milk and a little raw sugar. Mm. Yes, it's extra sweet, y'all, but it's so it's really good. And I know like it had a few chunks of the white chocolate in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like that's it's savory. It's kind of like a dessert smoothie. Mm-hmm. You know, is that how you intended for it to be? Yeah, but it's a uh, recipe from um Oh, wow. Yeah. 
What is the smoothie called? <laughs> Not the version that I named it, but um, Bomb Mama. Really? Yes. Mine probably just tastes better. Oh, wow. I've never had it from that place before. Yeah. But I know the smoothie that I really like from Tropical Smoothie Cafe is called the Orange Ginger. Oh, that's the Glow. one I make here, too. Yeah, that's yeah. a really, really good. Yeah, that is I love good. that smoothie. Um, I actually just had it yesterday. Mm-hmm. So what I found myself doing, because I told you, you know, I've been tra- switching up my diet a little bit right, for the right. past few weeks. And um, I was walking out of Walmart and I started sweating. And when I get hot, it's normally because I'm getting hungry and mm-hmm. I haven't eaten anything. So mm-hmm. my body's like, okay, you need to go eat. Yeah. So I didn't want to pass out out there. And so, like, Tropical Smoothie Cafe was, like, three doors down from the Walmart I went to. Went there, got my orange ginger smoothie. There was this guy there. He was a, a gay guy. His nails looked so nice. Like, they he were... Nails? No, he had... It was his nails. Oh, okay. But they were cut down. Mm-hmm. They were, like, rounded. You know how men's fingers yeah. are. And he had a gel manicure, but it okay. was clear. Okay. It looks so good. I'm very like, neat, I really huh? like your nails. Yeah. Very professional. He was very clean cut. Mm-hmm. But most people that work at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, they look like that. They're mm-hmm. like very clean cut, you know? Yeah. Um, And I like that. I like it when people like make their employees look a certain, especially around food. Like yeah, if I'm going to eat. eat somewhere and it's dirty people, I, I don't want to eat there. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, because when I used to work there, I was like, okay, I got to get together because this is around food. Like, you know, that mm-hmm. is true. Like, if I see, like, a little stuff on your nails, oh, no. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking dead at you when you bring my food. <laughs> Making sure you don't touch nothing on my plate. <laughs> if you got a little thumb on my plate, like, put the whole plate on the hand <laughs> under the whole plate. Don't put, nothing, don't put your fingers on my plate. <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> you're so stupid touch one of your fries you'd be like hold on keep your eyes on the frost I could that hurt you <laughs> <laughs> it was that one right there <laughs> take that shit off my plate <laughs> I'll take it off the head there you go can you throw this one away <laughs> Yeah, you accidentally touched it. My friends like, we can't take her nowhere. Oh, but if it was y'all food, y'all would have did the same thing. They they say that to you? No, I'm just joking. Oh damn. They probably want to though. If I did that in public, they probably would say that. Like, I can't take you nowhere. Like, that is funny as hell. You would do the same thing though. Like, you know what was fun when we went to Olive Garden before you left? Me, you, and my sister. Oh jeez. So before Omni, Omni went back to California after the end of the semester, last semester. And so I took her and my little sister to Olive Garden. And we just had so much fun. Like the guy told us a story about how people would like come into Olive Garden and they would eat the salad and the bread and leave. And just leave. And he was like, yeah, we're not supposed to bring that out until your food comes out. But I'll go ahead and bring it to you. And I'm like, okay, I appreciate it. Like, what the fuck do you mean? What you was trying to tell You us? were really going to not give us salad and breadsticks because people be running off with that? Like, that's not good customer service. But, yeah, he was really nice, though. He brought it to us. But I thought that was crazy. That he mentioned it? Yeah. Like, okay. You think we're one of those people? <laughs> 
<laughs> I think they had changed the, like, the protocol or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he said, like, we're not supposed to, I'm sure he wasn't thinking that we were going to take it. Right. That was funny, that though. That was a good time, though. It was. We had a lot of fun. So, I did. I already asked you what makes you different from the competition. Yeah. So, if you guys started as a signed artist, like, today, what would your life look like in 30 days, 90 days, or a year from now? First of all, off of work. I will be in beast mode, like shows, possibly a tour, um, interviews, um, ambassador, brand ambassador opportunities, um, a whole bunch of stuff. Like those are the main um, things I think will happen. I know what happened. Um, I definitely will buy my mother a house, me a house, some land, cars. Stuff that I would need if my music doesn't proceed. Um, yeah. Why um, do you keep saying that? Oh my goodness, I'm just saying, like in general, like no. If my stuff, would, you can't just say stuff like that. <laughs> I need to come say that. <laughs> I'm like, god damn it, I can't. I can't <laughs> but um, no, I'm not gonna have a backup because this is my plan A, right? And my plan Z, exactly. So yeah. But that's what my life would look like. I just feel like I would be having so much fun because I would be like, finally. Like, I knew it was going to happen. I just I just didn't know when, you know? Right. But, yeah. And I think it really makes a big difference. Um, like, for me, I know I applied for a job recently, actually on campus. Mm-hmm. I wanted to apply, apply for student government. And I was so confident that I was going to get the damn job because... She was like, yeah, you would need to get, like, a parking pass or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. So, I left. When I left that office that day, I went to go buy a parking pass. Mm -hmm. And I went to go buy a parking pass. And um, it was, like, $475. Yeah. So, I spent all that money, didn't get the job, which I ended up, I used it anyway. Because I was, like, on campus during the daytime. Right. And our parking isn't... Like, we can't park in a certain parking lot before 5 o'clock. There's mm-hmm. only one building that I go into, though. Yeah. So, but because I did go to campus for... um During the day, one day, mm-hmm. I went there, like, to go to the library because I'm working on a few group projects. Right. And so, did that. I just felt like... I was really disappointed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting to get an email with a rejection in there. Right. But I noticed those are the moments when I start going the hardest. Those are the moments where I'll be like, you know what? All right, this person told me no. Mm-hmm. Now I got to find a different campus yeah. job that I would be interested in, like becoming a TA mm-hmm. or becoming like a graduate assistant where... You know, I'm working under a professor and I'm able to um, do some, like, research with them. You know what right. I mean? Like, there are so many other things that I can do. And even though you get a no, that doesn't mean never. Or just right. because you get a no, that doesn't mean that you weren't good enough. It just means that wasn't my time. That wasn't your yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I'm going to try again. Like, exactly. I would apply next year. Right. And the year, you know, like... Whatever the case may be. I was about to say the year after that, but I won't be there after next year. It's a two-year program, but I'm just looking forward to being able to apply again. Yeah. And just putting my best foot forward. And I feel like a lot of people, 
they be so afraid to fail that they don't want to try to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm so happy about you moving. Like you said, you're going to Atlanta. Yes. You're going to work out there. You know, you're going to work with some of your family members to help build that dream for you. Yes. There's so many people that wanted to do that same thing and didn't do it. Because they're like, I need to look out for my family. Mm -hmm. I got to stay here. Mm -hmm. I got to get money. Or they're like, you know, they make up all types of excuses yeah. for why they can't do some shit. And you're not making any of those. Yeah, and I had that um, when I graduated high school. My brother is in high school now, a freshman in high school. And um, I'm missing out on all his high school years, you know. So it's kind of like, I'm not just doing this just to say I did it. Like, if I miss that, I'm missing out on my brother, my family, like, time with my mother. I'm doing this shit for some real-life stuff. Like, you know, I'm not just doing this just to say, oh, I went to HBCU. I just got to know this is going to be worth something. If I'm missing out on this, I got to go hard on this. Because, right. I'm, because I missed out on that. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, not downing uh, Benny College or any, in any way because I am a Benny Bell. But I, I'm not missing out on that just to stay here. You know what I'm saying? If I'm going to be missing out on something, it's going to be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. And Spelman is worthwhile. Elena, for my music, is worthwhile. You know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And what made you decide now? Like, I know you said you kind of settled for Bennett. Why didn't you go to Spelman when you wanted to go? Because I didn't get accepted. Mm. I did not get accepted. And I was going to just stay here and not transfer because I was like, I can't do that. I barely got enough money to do this. You know, but then my grandmother passed away. And I'm like, I'll be damned if my great-grandmother, my mother, my aunt, my godmother pass away before they don't see this. Before they don't see this coming to uh, to life. You know? Right. Yeah, I'll be damned. Wow, okay. So your motivation for deciding to go ahead and go to Spelman was so... For your grandma? Yeah. Myself motivation. as well, though. Right. Yeah. And to do my music, like, they have to see it. Mm-hmm. That's dope. And I can't wait till they see it. It'll be a lot of closure. Oh, yeah. That's probably why I'm not, why I'm holding on to my grandmother so much. And October 8th, she'll be, October 9th, she's, uh, she'll be dead for a year. Mm hmm And that's why I'm holding on to it, because she didn't get to see what I wanted her to see for me, you know? Right. Yeah. That's why when that song comes I wish my grandma could see me. Hey, I'd be like, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. I know my um my best friend passed away. My dad and my nana passed away within a period of three years. Mm -hmm. And I was in college at the time and it was really hard. Like everybody, you know, they were like, Oh, if it was me, I would just go home, you know. You really need to be taking care of yourself. And I'm like, I got too much to lose to just yeah. pack up and leave now. Just because they passed away, like, if anything, I want to finish this for them. Right. If anything, I want to keep going. And so one of the posts that I made today, I actually put it on Facebook, but I made a video about naysayers and how people will project their fears onto you mm -hmm. and make it seem like you can't do some shit because they don't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. Or they, want, or they want to do it life. and don't want you to do it. Exactly. Like, watch their life. Their life is going to tell you a lot about what type of person they are. Mm -hmm. You know, if they live a sedentary lifestyle, if they're not trying to feed themselves right, mm -hmm. if they're not feeding their minds right, right. they listen to bullshit-ass music. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, you have to block out your eye gates, your ear gates, all of this stuff. These are portals mm-hmm. that open up your world. Mm-hmm. So if you listening to somebody that listen to that crazy shit all day and then they yeah. come to you like, oh, yeah, you can't. You can't do this, you yeah, can't do that. You should you do this instead good. of that. And maybe next year you could do that. Right. Fuck you. First exactly. Alright. Yeah. Don't tell me what I'm I capable of based exactly. on your limits. Exactly. So we have about thirteen minutes left. What else would you like to share as just a personal antidote for young women who want to do what you're about to do? You're embarking on a brand new journey. All of this is new to you. What advice would you give to people that want to start in this music industry? Just go. (laughs) Get your connections. Go, go, go. Like, just do it. Like, don't think like, oh, this might not work. Like, why me? Like, you know, don't think that. Like, you don't... For yourself, you don't have to have a why me, but for others, of course. But you know it's you because what God has for you is for you. Like, I have to constantly, constantly remind myself that because I always be like, damn, well, what if this person does this before I do it? What if what if they do my dream? Like, you know, you can't worry about that. You just got to go. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do it. Have friends around you that's going to motivate you. Because if you feel some type of way one morning, one morning, you know, you get up, you motivate it, and you go around your friends, they're like, well, I see you didn't um, do this. Like, I knew you wasn't going to do it. That's, that's out. You got you to gotta have a support system. And if you can't find a good support system, find it in yourself, honestly. Like, do your affirmations. Um, be your self-encourager. Like, be an encouragement for yourself. And, yeah. I love that. I think... The biggest thing for me was learning how to motivate myself, especially the other day. Mm-hmm. I like I was working on this paper. I had a 13-page paper due, not including my title page and my references. Mm-hmm. It had to be APA format. It was on the Civil Rights Act of 1960. And I had a week to complete it because it was originally going to be due on a different date. Mm-hmm. However, my professor wanted somebody to turn in their paper early so everybody else could see, like, a model of what that paper was supposed to look like and how it was supposed to be structured. So I told him that I would go ahead and turn in my paper, and he said, okay, but he never told me what early was going to be. Right. Um, So the week before that, that next class or whatever... He told us in class that he's like, okay, well, I know I asked somebody to kind of bring in their paper. Somebody volunteered. So who was it? And I raised my hand and he was like, okay, so next Tuesday, I'm like, that's when you want me to have it? And he was like, yeah, next Tuesday. Will you have it next Tuesday? And I'm like, yeah, I can have it by next Tuesday. So little by little every day, I was working on research, um, getting books. I had gotten some books from the library, you know, the one that I returned today. Right, right. And so um, I got in some books from the library, um, looked through those, you know, wrote down some information, wrote down what I needed for my reference page, went ahead and drafted up my references page and picked apart, you know, the different studies to add what I wanted to add and then do my personal analysis of the policy and what it had to bring But I did bits and pieces of that every day until I finally got finished. 
And I didn't even officially get finished until the Tuesday that it was due. Mm -hmm. But um, I have classes at night, so that didn't interfere with anything. But I was able to turn it in. He loved my structure. And it helped other people get what they needed to get done. Right. And one of the things my mother has always taught me was that the things that you go through is not always about you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the shit you go through, it has to do with somebody else. Like. I could be helping another little girl that didn't have as much motivation or, you know, used to get picked on. So she's not self-confident. Yes. You know, all types of things. Like, because I remember getting picked on when I was younger. I remember going through things in my own family and not being able to talk about it with people because I was always taught, well, this is grown folks' business. Mm -hmm. And our business stays in the house. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just all type of things that were so limiting to me. And now that I'm older and I'm liberated, I'm like, I am here to liberate myself. Right. I'm here to free myself. And the the ball is in my court. So I don't have to wait on another individual to tell me when I can shoot mm-hmm. or when I can score. Like, this is my dream. I'm going to live it out. And I'm not going to wait on anybody to validate what I have going on. Exactly. Because um, sometimes we feel like we need that. We feel like we got to call somebody for somebody to be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Do this, do that. Mm-hmm. You, we got to get to the point where it's okay to make a decision for yourself. So, exactly. It's okay to say, no, I can't go to this party. It's okay to say, I can't hang around those people at the business meeting. They play too much. You right, know what right, I mean? Right. Like, you just got to know your boundaries and you got to keep up that same work ethic that same energy that same love that you had about it before because that passion is really what drives you Mm -hmm. so that was really really interesting to me and I was like I had went to Meredith to study sometimes I go on Meredith's campus just to like read and um get some homework assignments done because it's a quiet place and Mm -hmm. Me studying at home, it never works. Like, I have a desk at home, but it just be like, okay, I'm in my room. I could be in the bed at this yeah. point. <laughs> so I, I don't really... Desk. Right? Like, I don't, I don't get, you know, much studying done there. I basically use my desk as, like, a holding cell for stuff. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, it was just tough. I was there, and I was just in tears, you know. I'm like, I'm sick of this. Like, I'm tired. It's halfway through the semester. You know, I had been having some issues with my field placement. And so even last week, like, there was no episode of hanging out with love because I was just taking a self-care day. Mm -hmm. I really needed to focus on myself and figure out what my next move was going to be. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you don't take risks, you don't have problems like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But to me, it's kind of like, okay, if I don't follow my dreams, I can still fail. Mm-hmm. So why not fail at what I really want? Exactly. So, with that being said, are you sure there's nothing else you would like to tell everyone before you leave? Mm-hmm. Be on the lookout for some new things from Omnipresent, whether it be a business album or EP a performance somewhere just be on the lookout what does EP stand for I don't even know that's just what people use before they get signed so it's like an album but it's it's from like an independent artist stand oh okay yeah but I have to search that up I really don't know girl (laughs) don't know (laughs) I'm done okay (laughs) you guys this is Omni this girl is silly y'all for real like 
when I say every time I'm with her, this is like my my medicine because we just laugh, oh, you know. You. Laughter, it truly is the best medicine. This was omnipresent. She is the recording artist, songwriter, and student at Bidit, studying <laughs> business at what did I say? Nothing. You like I'm just thinking like damn this bitch do everything. She's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> she's from Los Angeles, California, and she's so, so dear to my heart. Thank and you. she just shared with us her journey of being a student, witnessing domestic violence in her family, and how that translated into her passion for music. So if you know anyone who does have a passion for music or you know people that are in the industry, please, 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 please do not hesitate to reach out. Um, you can reach out to me at L-I-T-H-F, that stands for Love is the Highest Frequency, at iCloud.com, and tell them how they can reach you. You can reach me at um, my email, omni.present561, um, or my other email, omnik561 at gmail.com, and I also have an Instagram page, underscore omni underscore present. Awesome. You want to sing a song? I'm sure. Okay. What should I sing? What you want to do? I can sing one of my songs. <laughs> I gave you all of me. You threw it away like we had no chemistry. Your smile, your fragrance, and your touch. I took too many doses. I had too much to my addiction. I pray for Thank you all so much for tuning in to tonight's episode of Hashtag Hanging Out With Love. That was omnipresent that you all heard. She is extremely talented. Please do go to her Instagram page. She does have a few more videos up there of her singing, and there will be a lot more to come. This queen is on her way as we speak to Atlanta, where she will be beginning her new career, and I'm super excited for her. If you guys would like to know more about her, she did leave her email and if you need any additional contact information from me to reach her so you can book her please let me know reach out to me again at l-i-t-h-f at icloud.com and i will get that information to you peace and power